love lift us up where we belong. Far from the world below, up where the clear winds blow. Some hang on to used to be. They live their lives looking behind. All we have is here and now. All our lives out there to find. The road is long. There are mountains in our ways, but we climb a step each day. Love lift us up where we belong, where the eagles cry on the mountain high. Love lift us up where we belong, far from the world we know, where the queer, clear winds blow. I'm going to talk to you today about love lift us up where we belong. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going somewhere today. We're going, we're going to take a little journey today. We're going to take a little climb today. Go ahead, look at your neighbor. We're going to, we're, go ahead. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Should I? Should I? Should I? I don't know if I should or not. Should I? Whew. Love lift us up where we belong. Just jump to your feet real quick. The book of Ephesians, the third chapter. We're going to begin reading from the verse 14 here of Ephesians. I wish you would have got excited about that as I did. Why, why don't you look back at your at person you're standing beside and say, turn your excitement meter up to about 10. Turn your excitement meter up to about 10 because I can, if I can release this, what I feel today, something's going to get inside of you that's not just going to excite you for the moment, but it's going to move you into a position. It's going to move you in a position for God to work in your life. I, I believe that today. If I didn't believe that, I'd have stayed home. But I believe that today. Are you ready? Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse number 14. For this cause, now he talked about in the previous chapter the mystery of the Gentiles and how that, that God had opened the door to the Gentile believer. And he had placed in them uh, the riches of, of his glory and had given them gifts. And so he says, for this cause, or because of this, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, somebody say the whole family, not just one segment of the family, but the whole family, in heaven and earth, not just us residing here, but he said the heavenly family, and the earth family, the whole family, is why I am giving thanks unto God. That he would grant you, somebody said he's got something for me. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. 
may be able to comprehend or understand with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. He wants you to know how wide it is. He wants you to know how long it is. He wants you to know how deep it is. And he wants you to know how high it is. We used to sing the little songs that deep and wide. And Paul is saying here, if you can ever begin to understand how far reaching that the riches of God are, if you can ever come to a knowledge and an understanding of how deep God loves you and how high he loves you and how far he loves you and how wide he loves you, I want you to know the height, the depth, the width, the length. I want you to comprehend it. Verse 19, and to know. Not just, well, I think, or maybe it is. I want you to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye, somebody said, that's me, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. World without end. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you today about love taking us to a place where we belong. Love taking us to a place where we belong. Father, we give you thanks. Your word is powerful. It's anointed. It is already breaking yokes in this house today. I pray that you would expand our mind. Let faith begin to soar like an eagle. I pray that before this message is over and this service is finished, that there would be an explosion of faith in our hearts and love in our spirits to believe that we are called for this time and destined to see your power in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Paul said, I'm praying, and it's because of a knowledge that I have. Now, now he would, would speak first chapter as he begins to write to this church of Ephesus and he it, it seems like all throughout the book of Ephesus he he is praying for the Gentile believer now there's a reason he I believe is praying for the Gentile believer because the Gentile believer even though they were included into the kingdom he they, they were constantly having to be reminded that, that they were worthy to be brought 
into this because during this time you you understand how that the Jewish believer the Jewish believers were very prejudiced they they were very uh, Jew centric and and they they felt like the kingdom of God was was simply for them and and it was not to include any anyone else and and so it was even when when Peter had went down in the uh, the, the 10th chapter of the book of Acts had went to Cornelius's house and and he's on the roof you remember the story how he's on the roof and he's praying and as he's praying there's a sheet that is let down and and on the sheet is all manner of beast and and the spirit says to him you you need to rise kill and eat and here comes his Jewish prejudice he he said I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean everything I've ate eaten has been kosher killed it's it, it's been prepared right there was no blood in the meat the meat was not strangled it was not offered to idols and 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 I, I've never eaten anything that's unclean and 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 yet the vision came again and and on the sheet was all manner of of, of, of beasts and four-legged creatures and and the spirit would say again to him kill rise kill and eat and Peter he, he again would defend his position by saying, I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the Spirit then tells him that there are some men at the door that have, have come calling on him because there's a man of the Italian band, and his name is Cornelius, and the Bible said that he he was a godly man. He, he gave much alms. He prayed daily and and it's in a prayer meeting that an angel comes from heaven and says to him you need to send down to Joppa and find a certain man there whose name is Peter and he will come and tell you what you need to do and so he comes down Peter makes the journey and he comes into Cornelius's house and Cornelius has all of his family there and and, and Peter begins his message or his, his talk with the family by saying, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But he that feareth God, he that, that believeth God will attract the attention of God. And so Peter begins to preach about the crucifixion. He begins to preach about Christ. And the Bible said that as he spake these words in 1044 of Acts, that while he spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard him and began to speak with tongues. And this is the door to the Gentile church that was open. But notice when Peter comes back to Jerusalem, the first thing he has to do, he is called in question and he has to give answers to why he would go to the Gentile believers. And so when Paul goes to Ephesus and he passes through the coast there in Acts 19 and, and the church of Ephesus is founded and, and the Gentile believers there are added to the church. And so the entire book of, of Ephesians is trying to show a Gentile people 
world that you as a believer were in the mind of God. I come on this Sunday to tell someone, I don't care how you've thought up to this point. I have come to preach to you today that you belong in the church of the living God. I have come to convince you this morning that no matter what you've done or where you've been or who you think you are, you have made all kinds of excuses of why you don't deserve to be in the church. I come today to shatter every excuse and to tell you that it's not because of you, but it's because of the love that God has for humanity that he would include us into the church today. And so he is telling them, he's, he is trying to convince them all throughout the first chapter. And he finally, in verse 16, he comes down and he says, I cease not to make mention of you in my prayer, that the God of glory would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of of him. I want you to get a revelation, ladies and gentlemen, that it is nothing you could do or ever have done that you would be included in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I want you to have wisdom and knowledge that it is only because of his grace and his mercy and the desire that he has for humanity that he would ever open the door and include you. And so he said, I cease not to give thanks for you in my prayer, make a mention of you in my prayer, that the God of glory would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You've got to understand that he is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. You have to understand that it was in his mind before you were ever born that he wanted you to be included into his church. You have to understand that you may not have been born to the right name or the right ecosystem or the right economy or the right whatever, but you have to understand none of that would have made any difference anyway. It's only the grace of God that reaches down to fallen men and picks you up and brings you into the place called the church. He would go on and he would say to them, he has made us. Somebody say, he made us. He made us set together in the heavenly places. In other words, he has lifted us to a place that far supersedes the ability to think in the natural See, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that the greatest enemy of the miraculous is we are trying to figure out how it can happen in the natural. I believe the greatest enemy of faith is that we're trying to put the puzzle together in our own mind. When in reality, ladies and gentlemen, you will not be able to explain what God is doing. You're trying to come up with a reason why it should happen and how it should happen where you can explain it. But Peter said it's joy unspeakable and it's full of glory. Because faith takes you into a level. Faith takes me into a level where you cannot explain it. It doesn't work in the realm of human thinking. Let's go through here for just a few moments as 
we look into the scripture, he said, for this cause, because God. Now, you, now Paul would explain in the book of Philippians, he would say that if, if, I, if anyone has any reason to boast, I do. He said, I, I've got reason to boast. He said, if, if there is any person on the planet that, that can give you a pedigree of why I deserve this thing called grace, I can tell you I deserve it. He said, because I was born of the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised eight days. I went through all the things that a Jewish person should go through. I am a Pharisee of Pharisees. Read my pedigree. Read my, my list of reasons why I deserve to be here. And then he said, but I count it all done that I may win Christ. When I look at it, none of it qualifies me to be a child of God. None of it qualifies me to come into faith. None of it puts me in a position where I deserve something from God. I've got to tell you, we are saved by grace, and it's not a works that I have done. It is simply the grace of God that brought me to this place. And so here he says, I've got to, I've got to bow my knee. And, and I've got to, to, to pray under the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole world in, or the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And he said, here is my request, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. In other words, he's saying, my prayer is that you would be in a position to receive things out of this world. Out of this world. Look at, look at your, your, the person sitting close to you and say, he's got things for you out of this world. He, he's got things for you out of this world. He has things. When I was studying and praying this week, the scripture kept coming to my mind just time after time after time. And I've quoted it many times in this church. But he said, I have not seen Ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. I said that God has prepared for them that love him. That God has prepared for them that love him. I've come to preach to you about a place where love lifts you. I've come to preach to you about a place love lifts us up where we belong because most of us are living beneath the privilege that God has called us to. Most of us are living in a lesser place than God has designed for us to live. And I came today to preach you out of comfort. And I came today to preach you out of a place of ease. And I came today to preach you into a place where love is calling us. And Paul said, he's got riches. He's got riches. He's got more than you could ever imagine. That, that you, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That you be rooted in may be able to comprehend, may be able
is less than what God has for you. That where you have become content to live, that where you have become content to dwell is less than what he has for us. That is a lesser place than he has designed for us. That he was calling us to a place where faith begins to operate. Where faith begins to call those things that are not as though they were. Where faith said, I can't see it, but I believe it. I believe that's one of the reasons the church is not seeing the things that God wants us to see is because we're too attached to the temporal things. We're too attached to the things that we can see. But I have not seen. I said, I have not seen. I have not seen. You will never see it with your eyes. You will never see it. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Ten spies go into the land and they're surveying the land and all they can see is the giants all they can see but two come out and say we've seen things that you're never going to believe we've seen a land that flows with milk and honey we see a land that's filled with all goodness we see a land is there anybody ready to go to the land come on we're ready to go let us go up at once but ten are saying we can't do it we can't do it we can't do it pastor we can't do it. We, we, can, we can't do it. We, 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 we can't. We, have, you, have you looked at this? Have you looked at that? Have you seen this? And Paul is saying, I'm trying to pray you to a place that you begin to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth? What is the length? What is the depth? And what is the height? Oh, we often say, God can do. God can do. God can do, God can do anything, God can do everything, with man things are impossible, with God nothing is impossible, and yet we find ourselves going back to the place where we are dependent, God, God can do anything, but we find ourselves going back to the position where if I can't see it, he can't do it, but faith says I've got to understand that God is bigger somebody shout bigger I've got to understand that God is bigger I've got to understand that God is larger see when the psalmist said oh magnify the Lord with me he was not saying I can make God bigger but he's saying is as I begin to praise him how I see him begins to expand I can't, oh, ladies and gentlemen, can you make God any bigger? The Bible said heaven and earth are filled with his glory. Heaven and earth is filled with his presence. There is no place that you can go in the universe. And let me just tell you, I've seen something the other day that was so fascinating. And, and it was some scientists, you know, they're putting new and, and greater telescopes into, into orbit. And they're seeing things that they've never seen before. And I was, I was reading a, a scientist as he was saying that the universe is literally growing. And, and he's, he said, as we were watching it, we began to see 
the galaxies as they were expanding with these new these new telescopes and they can just see great detail and 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 they, they he said we began we just watched this as the universe was expanding and and I began to think when the psalmist would say that the heavens are, are full of his glory but I read another place that said can the heavens contain the glory of God and I began to think I see what's happening because the heavens cannot contain the glory of God they're having to expand and they're having to go bigger you think we live in a in a in just well you know it's not that big oh ladies and gentlemen it's big and and if we had time to 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 just to just zoom out you you would understand that what we call our universe is just a pin drop in the bias of eternity and and so when when we began to understand and 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 Paul is saying, I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that God is bigger. And so when the psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, what he's saying is, as I begin to praise him, my view of him, the way I see him becomes bigger. The way I, I imagine him becomes bigger. My faith begins to expand. I believe him for things I never could have believed him for because when I release my praise, it doesn't make God bigger. It makes my perception of him bigger. See, I, I, I've got to hurry. I've got to hurry. But, but when we look at things in the Bible and you look at, at events that, that happen and, and you see you see Abraham having a cat an encounter with God and and God says to him Abraham uh, uh, Abram I'm going to change your name to Abraham uh, we'll, we'll wait just a moment I don't have any any children and the name Abraham means the father of many nations well see Abraham you need to begin to call yourself Abraham because your seed In fact, look at the stars of the heaven. Can you number the stars of the heaven? If you can number the stars of the heaven, then that's your seed. Abraham, I want you to go to the seaside, and I want you to begin to count the sand. And if you can count the sand, is trying to call his people to. I said, that's the realm that God's trying to call his people to. But just like the song talked about, that we're living only viewing the things we came from. All we can see is the past. All we can see is the things of yesterday. And most of our faith is built upon the things we've seen yesterday. But when I begin to see God, God never refused, never refers to himself as the past before he presents himself as the present. John said, when he wrote the words, of Jesus, he said, I am he which is, 
was and is to come. Because I want you to understand, even though I know the past and I know the future, I dwell in the... So Abraham, I don't see you as going to be a father. I see you... I see you as a father. I will call you Abraham before you ever have a son. I wonder what God is trying to call each one of us in Seven Cities Church. I really do. I wonder what he's saying about you. I wonder what he is calling you. I wonder the name that he has put on you. And yet the past has imprisoned us and holds us hostage from believing what God would do in our lives. And so, he says, you're going to have a child. You're going to be a father. Now, now let me just go through reality for just a moment. If, if God's plan was dependent upon human response, when Abraham said he was old, God's plan would have ceased to exist. If, if God's plan was predicated on how a human viewed it, when Sarah laughed, when, 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 when she hears the angel tell Abraham, hey, your wife is going to have a child, and she knows that's not possible, because she's past the age of childbirth. And she laughed. It would have stopped the plan of God. Because I'm old. If, if God's plan would have been circumvented by the human response, Naaman would have went back to Syria a leper because he called the Jordan River dirty. If, if God's plan was predicated on man's response, then Samaria would have died in the famine when the Lord on whom the king's, king leaned said, well, if God would open the windows of heaven. If God's plan was dependent upon humans' response, then the redemptive plan would have stopped. When Mary said, how can this be? I've never known a man. What I've come to preach to us today, ladies and gentlemen, is God's plan is bigger than you can ever imagine. It's bigger than words you can speak. It's bigger than your limitations of your past. It's big. And so Paul is saying, if you could ever understand the breadth and the width and the length and the height and the depth of this thing, you would begin to understand that there is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing that God cannot do. There is no disease that God cannot heal. There is no place that God cannot bring you out of. There is no position that God cannot deliver you from. He said, and to know, to know the love of Christ, to know. And so notice this, i got to hurry. But he said in verse, verse 18, he said, that you may know the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of how big God's 
to understand that first. And then chapter, verse 19, he says, and to know the love of Christ. To know that God can not only do it, but as Evangelist Kraft preached here a few months ago, that he desires to do it. See, I, I think I think that to, to most of us is a problem. Well, I, I, I think God can do that. I believe God can do that. Sure, God, God can do that. In Africa. Sure, sure, I, I believe God can do that. Yeah, I, I believe for somebody else. Man, am I in the wrong church today? I think I came to the wrong church this week. Well, yeah, yeah, God could do that. He could do, he could do that at Downs First Church or whatever. But I don't know about Seth City. And he said, if I can convince you how big God is and how capable God is, and then you can understand that God wants to do it for you and you and you and you and you. If, if I can bring you to an understanding that Christ's love, He wants to do it. Because you're looking at what you can see and you're asking for things that you can see. But what I'm talking about takes you into another dimension. What I'm talking about takes you to another level. What I'm talking about takes you to another place. It's not what you, oh God, I need the rent money this week. Oh God, I need a car payment this week. No, he said, I want to take you to a place where faith begins to operate, that you're not looking at the things you can see. You're not looking at the temporal things. I'm talking about, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about something and a place that, that well, don't you think God knows you need the rent money? See, what I've come to tell you today is that God operates in another dimension than, than we are, because it's like most of our praise. I've been preaching about this for a few weeks. Most of our praise, uh, we're praising Him for the car, and we're praising Him for the house, and we're praising Him for the money. Uh, but I, I believe praise, uh, He's trying to take us to another level of praise uh, that we begin to praise Him for peace uh, that passes understanding. Uh, I believe He's trying feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, he's trying to take us uh, to a place uh, that we begin to praise Him uh, not for the things that we can touch, uh, not for the things that we can taste, uh, not for the things that we can hear, uh, but we begin to praise Him uh, for the things not seen. Uh, we begin to praise Him uh, for a joy uh, in the midst of conflict. Uh, we begin to praise Him that He gives us a dance uh, right in the spirit of morning. Uh, we begin to praise Him that I'm saved all day 
and I'm glad we begin to praise him that the joy of the Lord is my strength. We begin to praise him for things that money can't buy. We begin to praise him for the things you can't purchase at Walmart. We begin to praise him that I've got a song in the middle of the night. to heap to our own lust. We're asking for things that make my life more comfortable. We're asking, if you read on down through, Paul said, in fact, verse 13, before he ever starts this, uh, let me read it to you here in Ephesians chapter 3. He said, wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. I'm not praying that God delivers you. See, most of our faith praying is that God delivers me from some little idiosyncrasy of life. I'm praying that God makes my life more comfortable. I'm praying that God never sends me a trial. And Paul said, no, that's not what I'm praying for. I'm praying that right in the midst of your tribulation that you'll find joy. Right in the midst of your pain, you'll find a praise. Right in the midst of your peril, you'll have a shout in your heart. Hallelujah. I come to preach that faith is greater than just a little gadget that makes your life easier. I'm talking about faith that when you're denied something, you're still praising him. I'm talking about a praise and a faith that when something's extrapolated out of your life, it doesn't cause you to pout, but it says, the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed. Uh, uh, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge to be filled. Notice verse 20. i got to close. Come on, Brother Jeremy. I'm going over time already. It said in verse 20, Now said what's coming now most of us when we think of what's coming we're like oh i'm gonna get a better car get a bigger house get a little bigger bank account but he said i've, I've got greater riches than that i've got greater things than that I, i'm not talking about adding to your comfort if, if he was talking about adding the comfort then the, the poor people that live below poverty just looking for a drink of water and a morsel of bread today would all be given the car keys to a brand new car and a brand new house. If he was just talking about making your life easy, you'd never know what it is to go through the perils of hunger and, and darkness and, and rejection and, and relationships breaking up. If, if he's talking about just making your life easier, he'd never send you through a trial of your faith. He'd never send you through something that's going to 
bring pressure to your life if he's just talking about making your life easier but no he said I want you to understand that what I'm talking about is not just making your life easier but it's taking you to a level of faith that when you lay hands on the sick they shall recover I'm talking about a level of faith that when you lay when you lay hands on people, they begin to speak with new tongues. I'm talking about a, a, when the devil sets a trap and puts poison in your drink. I'm talking about a faith that lets you drink it and go on living. Exceeding. Exceedingly. Notice just real quick. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19, he said, Exceeding greatness. Exceeding greatness of his power to those who believe Ephesians 2 and 7 he said he has exceeding riches talk about things money can't buy here in 3 and 20 he said exceeding abundance now I gotta go back just for a moment go back to Genesis chapter 15 because Abraham is coming back from the battle to, to rescue his nephew. And with 318 shepherds, think about it, 318 shepherds. How many of you would put together an army of shepherds? But 318 shepherds. And with those 318 shepherds, he defeats five armies kills five kings and sends the armies fleeing for their life. He rescues Lot and he comes back to his headed back to his place where he's staying at the time and he has an encounter with a man the Bible said his name was Melchizedek. Gave him tithe of the spoil. And in verse, 15, verse 1 of chapter 15, notice what God says to Abraham. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear Fear not. Don't be afraid. Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. I'm not just your reward, Abraham. I'm your exceedingly reward. He said, to Israel in Numbers, the 14th chapter, the 17th verse, he said, I bring you into an exceedingly good land. Why is it then that we settle as Christians for a mediocre Christ relationship? I'm bringing you into an exceedingly good land. He said in Psalm 21, 6, I'm going to make you exceedingly great. He said in Psalms 43 and 3, you're going to have exceeding joy. You're not just going to have joy. You're going to have exceeding joy. 
look at your neighbor and say, he's got something more than you can ever expect. He's got something more than you can ever expect. What I'm trying to preach, and I'm, 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 not getting, I'm not getting the response that I ought to be getting, but what I'm trying to preach to this church today is that God wants to take us to a place in His love, to a place in His love. Love lift us up. Love lift us up. Love lift us up where we belong. But see, I'm fired in the mindset. I'm fired in the human spirit that says I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to be, none of us deserve it if you're going to look at it that way. But because of his love, he has placed us in a position where he desires to give us everything that he has. I wish I could get some people on Sunday morning to believe what I'm preaching, that what God has for you is greater and more exceeding than you can ever imagine. More exceeding. Exceeding than you can ever imagine. Pastor, you don't know. You don't know what I'm going through. No, I probably don't. But if you let your human response dictate, Thomas says, I I'm not going to believe. Thomas says, I'm not going to believe until I can see. I'm not, not going to believe. Hey, Thomas. We've seen the Lord. Hey, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. I, I don't believe till I see it. Thomas, we've seen the Lord. Seven cities. I bring a word of God to this church today. Well, we never seen that before. I never heard of that happening anywhere else. And you're going to let that stop you? You're going to let that human mindset cause you to not experience what God has for you. He sent you a preacher on a Sunday morning to put fire in your belly and faith in your spirit to believe that he not only can, but he desires to. He not only is able, but he wants to. I said he wants to. He, he's not interested in you walking in a defeated Christian experience where you're up on Sundays and down on Mondays. Uh, he wants you to have a faith uh, that in the midst of trials and tests and pain and misery and affliction, you can hold your head high and say, I'll still praise him. I'll still praise him. I'll still believe him. Hey, I may not be talking on tongues on Tuesday, but I got a faith that says I can get through this. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I don't know who I came to preach to, but the Holy Ghost sent a preacher on this Sunday to stir up Seven Cities Church, to stir you up, to wake you up, to shake you, to tell you that God can. That God can. That God can. Miracles should not be the just the, the average miracles should be the norm. Miracles should be happening all the time in our lives, uh, not just in a church house on a Sunday, uh, but we ought to be praying for the sick on Monday. Uh, we ought to be praying for those that's down on Tuesday. Uh, why? Because we've stepped into a place uh, where we understand the length and the breadth and the width and the depth of what God has. 
I'm still battling today. I, 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 I'm going to close just for the sake of closing, but I'm still battling today because some of you just cannot get in your mind that God would, would do something for you. I'm the poorest of the poor. I'm the youngest of the young. I, I, I wasn't born to the right family. I wouldn't, 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 I got all these excuses. I can't, I can't. Me? 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 I don't think so, Pastor. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to, you got to begin to say, he wants to, he desires to. Here I am, I'm a vessel, I'm willing. God, use me. If you're going to use anybody, use me. Here I am. I, 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 because of your love, because of your mercy, House lights are coming down and we stand together, hands are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm trying to tell you that love lifts you, love lifts you, love lifts you. Love lifts us up where we belong. Love lifts us up. I, I, love lifts us up where we belong. Love, love lifts us up. Love, love lifts us up. Where we belong. Love, love lift us up where we belong. Where the eagles to the mountain high. Oh, love lift us up. You got to get a different mindset. You got to get a different understanding. You got to begin to comprehend that love love because you're still trying to say well I don't deserve it no no that's not what love is about love doesn't give you something because you deserve it that's what love's about it doesn't give you something because you're worthy of it God's love makes you worthy God's love chooses you God's love says let me show you what love is let me let me take you pray that every heart here today would respond. I pray that every heart would receive. And I pray that somehow faith, faith would be released. Faith would be released. I pray that faith would be released into this place. I've done the best that I could today, Lord, to try to convince your people what you desire and what you want to do. I pray that the chains of old mindsets would be broken. Yeah. You got to do the work now, Lord. I've done what I can. Now your spirit has to come in. Your anointing has to crush the yoke of old. Your spirit has to come right now and crush the spirit of the old. Let a new mind, let a new faith arise. That really believes you're the healer. A faith that really believes you are 
a way maker. A faith that really believes there is nothing impossible with God. Come now, Holy Spirit. Fill this house. Love lift us up where we belong. Let the spirit of your people rise this morning. Let the glory of your people arise in this house. Let faith begin to soar. Let us lift our heads above the things we can see into another world. In the name of Jesus.